you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to John chapter 1. We're going to look there today. Abe and Sarah, they were this elderly Swedish couple, and they tried their best to keep up with the times, but, but truthfully, they were a bit backwards. They didn't have very many friends, so they really didn't get a lot of mail, but one day Sarah received a single envelope in the mail. And she opened it, and she found it was a wedding invitation. And she proudly announced to her husband, she said, we have been invited to a wedding. But there's one thing she didn't understand. At the bottom of the invitation, it had RSVP. And so she asked her husband, she said, what does it mean, RSVP? Well, Abe thought for a few moments, and then he triumphantly answered, oh, those are the initials for, remember, send vetting presents. <laughs> Bad joke, I know. <laughs> but we all like to get invitations, don't we? We like to be invited to things, whether it's a wedding or a graduation or a party, whatever it may be, we enjoy being invited. And even if we can't go, just the thought of someone inviting you. The, the thought that someone thought you were important enough and special enough and honored enough that they wanted you to be a part of their event. One pastor wrote about his mom, and she had many prized possessions, but her most was her, her um, invitations. He said when she was younger, she was politically active and campaigned for the governor of Missouri, Warren Hearns. And he said, I have a photo of my mom with the governor and his wife sitting in our living room. He said his mom also actively campaigned for Lyndon Johnson and Hubert Humphrey, so much so that her and dad received an invitation to the inauguration in Washington, D.C. He said if it wasn't too pretentious, she probably would have framed the invitation. We like getting invitations, don't we? We like being invited to various events. And we see that even with the early church and the early followers of Christ. As we finish up this series about extending our reach, and how do we reach out to those in our lives that we see on a daily basis, our family, our friends, our co-workers, I want you to listen to these invitations that were extended in John chapter 1. Start with verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and sat... So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew, curious about who Jesus was because of John the Baptist, he began to follow him. And then he asks him that question, are you the Messiah? And Jesus simply invites him. He says, well, come and see. And then Andrew invites Peter. 
Well, let's continue. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Jesus invites Philip with those simple words, Follow me. And Philip, in turn, invites Nathanael. And that's how it all began. And that's how it continues today. With an invitation. Come and see. Follow. George Barna, in his book, Marketing the Church, said, The most effective means of getting people to experience what a church has to offer is to have someone they know who belongs to that church Simply invite them to come try it. And we can call it what you want, word of mouth, personal invitations, friendship evangelism, but it's indisputably the most effective means to increase the kingdom. From that example, from from what we find in Scripture, I, I draw this conclusion that evangelism is really everybody's business. Evangelism isn't just something the preacher is supposed to do. It's not just something the, the elders and the board are supposed to do. It's, it's all of our business. It's up to each and every one of us. In fact, there was a survey in Church Growth Magazine. I, I found this interesting. It said 2% of people begin attending a church because of advertising. That's, you know, mailers and things like that. 6% of people begin attending a church because of an organized invitation. of people attended church because the pastor invited them. But 86% of people attended church because a friend invited them. Think about that. 86% of people said, yes, I'll go to church because a friend gave them an invitation. That's where it begins. It begins with that personal invitation. Those were the stats. It begins with that personal invitation. You know, we started this process a few weeks ago of breaking down the barriers of this word evangelism that that I think the church has kind of built up over the years. And each week we've talked about a different tool that will help us. We've begun by talking about how can we be an encouragement to others? How can we be a Barnabas in the life of our family and friends? And then we talked about uh, looking at the spiritual basics of a Christian life and and how it's important that we take time to study and pray and worship and fellowship and serve. And last week we talked about what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be fishers of men? And so this Sunday, I want us to look at how do we personally extend our reach to others and how do we invite them? So most of you, unless they fell out, got these little cards in your bulletins. And it's just kind of some church information. It gives the name and address and website and service times. And we have a whole stack in the back if you want or need one or need more. And on the back, it's blank. It's a great invitation card. You can write on the back a short note to a friend and hand it to them and invite them to come worship with you Sunday mornings. 
Ladies, invite them to come join you at Bible study. Kids, we can invite them to come to youth group. Just write a simple note and hand it to your neighbors or, or coworkers. Get in a conversation with the, the wait staff at a restaurant and leave it with them at, with a tip, generous tip, of course. If someone moves into your neighborhood, consider baking some cookies or brownies or something and bringing them over with this card, an invitation to, to join you. There's so many opportunities and possibilities where we can invite others. And the greatest news for us is we don't have to go at it alone. We have a family. But we also have the promise that Jesus made to us when he said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He'll be with you. It starts with that personal invitation. And then it's an invitation to the dance. As children of God, we are called to be witnesses. And it's everybody's business which means we are called to invite others so that they can experience the love of God that we've experienced. We're called to share the good news of God's love, the good news of his resurrection, of his forgiveness, of second chances. Do you remember the first dance you ever went to? I was in seventh grade. I thought it was going to be the greatest night of my life. All of my friends were going to be there. So were the girls. I mean, that's the reason we go to dances, right? And we got to the school, and we thought it was such a great night, and we were going to be cool, but, but that dance turned out to be less than cool. You see, they really didn't need any chaperones for the dance that evening. I mean, nobody danced. I mean, a couple of girls, they danced with each other, and a few of the teachers went out on the floor and, you know, did the chicken dance in the YMCA, but, but nobody else danced. The boys all lined up at one side of the gym, and the girls lined up at the other side, and, and we just kind of stared at each other for the whole night. We, we enjoyed the music, right? My, my buddies and I, we stood there, and we talked about how much fun it would be to dance. We, we even talked about, who are you going to have? Who would you ask to go dance? But we never got up the courage to go ask the girls to dance. They were dressed. They were ready to dance. We all had invitations, but nobody, nobody asked to dance. And you know, I kind of see that as a parable of the church. And Jesus told his disciples, you are to be my witnesses. And he told them, go out. And share this message, this good news of redemption and forgiveness and eternal life. And we, we are called to continue that and called to do the same. We're called to share that message and to invite others to this dance of faith. And we have to remember that the gospel, it's an invitation, not an admonition. It's an invitation to grace and mercy, not ammunition on how to judge others. It's an invitation to a life-giving relationship with the Son of God, not condemnation that would separate us from one another. It's an invitation to new life in Christ, not criticism of an old life. But it's more than just an invitation to the dance. It's an invitation to dance with the Son of God. 
In the church, it's everybody's business. It's all of our business to invite people. And we're called to teach those that don't know how to dance how to dance. See, a dance isn't a dance unless somebody dances, right? And believe it or not, a lot of folks want to be asked. I want to be invited. We just need to step up and do it. A lot of folks want to be a part of this community of faith. They want to be a part of something bigger than them. They want to be a part of this family that cares for them and nurtures them. Remember, 86% of people began attending a church because a friend invited them. You know, a few days after that seventh grade dance, I found out the, the one girl I wanted to dance with would have danced with me. Out of all the boys against that wall, she, she wanted to dance with me. She was hoping I would ask. I remember feeling kind of dumb. I mean, all I had to do was get up the courage and go ask. And for the most part, that's what we need to do as the church. Sharing the, the witness of our faith, sharing the good news, <laughs> the good news of the resurrection of Jesus, sharing the news of his forgiveness and his redemption, simply inviting people to this dance. I mean, we are witnesses to the power of the resurrection. We're witnesses to new life. And we're simply called to invite others to experience that same love that we've experienced. I mean, think about it. We have the greatest message on the planet. A message full of hope and love and acceptance. A message about a future. Like Pat said, our future security is, is secure. We know where we're going. And there's so many people that need an invitation to join us. God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to give his life for us. God sent Jesus to show and tell us the good news that we are a part of this family of God and we are simply called to show and tell others and invite them. There, there was a little boy who burst into the great throne room in the chambers of this medieval king. And the boy was skipping and singing and dancing as little kids do, and he was completely oblivious to the regal sobriety of his surroundings. And suddenly he was intercepted by an armed guard, and the guard said, Have you no respect? Do you know the man on this throne is your king? And the kid wiggled out of the soldier's grasp and he danced away and he said, he may be your king, but he's my daddy. <laughs> and he bounced up into the throne room and leaped on the king's lap. And the king welcomed him with open arms and a smile on his face. That's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. But not just us sitting in here. With all of us. But there are people in our lives, people that each and every one of us know that have never heard this word of hope. They've never heard about this great news. They, they've never been invited. 
Someone once wrote, hope is hearing the melody of the future and faith is to dance to it. You and I are the witnesses to this great good news of Jesus Christ. We've heard the melody of the future. We know the hope that Christ gives and we've taken that step of faith. And so now we are called to invite others. So let me just encourage you, as you you go about your week, and I know we're all busy, and I know our schedules are are probably more than than they should be, and and usually we're we're running from place to place just to get to the next appointment, but, but can I encourage you this week, just take time to stop. Take time to look around at the people that you interact with on a daily basis. Take time to think, who can I invite? Who can I invite to the dance? Who can I invite to hear about this great message of hope? Remember, it's everybody's business. So we need to take the initiative and we need to invite them. Because most times they're not going to invite themselves. And this morning, if you're here and nobody has ever invited you, and if you've never thought about that and you think, maybe I, maybe I need to accept Christ as my Savior. Maybe I need to be a part of this family. Then, then, then I want to invite you right now. Join the dance. Give your life to Christ. Understand the love and the forgiveness and the acceptance that only comes through the relationship with the Father. If that's what you desire,